it's is definitely worth a playthrough. One that now that I'm done with it and know what the game is, that I don't even want people to listen to this. I without playing the game. It honestly is it is quite the experience getting sucked into this and uh playing through it. It's uh I can't I, I don't know, I can't describe it. I can't put it into words like how this makes you feel, but it is so good. There's not many games or movies or TV that often make you look this far inwards. It's interesting. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. It's, yeah, just lost words at how this game makes me feel by the end. There is, uh, there is no movie that could deliver this kind of experience for sure. This kind of fear. Hello, welcome to Hazardous Opinions. I'm Eric, there's Andy. Hello. And today, we are covering the most terrifying game ever, and it's called Soma. Yes, a very spooky time indeed. Uh, Developed and published by Frictional Games, they're a one-stop shop for all horror that you need. They um, are very big for the Amnesia games. Uh, with the upcoming Amnesia Bunker coming out as well. They dropped this game in 2015 for PlayStation and PC, and then later for Xbox in 2017. Yeah, this game is fucking spooky. Yeah, coming from the same creators of Amnesia, like you can't expect anything different. Uh, It is truly terrifying to its core. I mean... It it's good pacing overall, I think, because uh, like it's like a classic horror game. Like you, if you played you played Dead Space, right? Yeah. So like take Dead Space for example. There's a lot of uh, short segments where it's all calm and you're exploring, and then the the spookiness ramps up kind of because well, I guess the anxiety ramps up when uh, you go into a new space and it's completely dark and then something jumps out at you and it completely scares you. Well, like, take that, but in this game, there's no jump scares. There's just some, the constant anxiety in some parts that are really intense. And it's knowing that you can't really escape this thing and you have to go through it takes a lot of courage, which gives you more anxiety. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's truly unlike anything else I've played in that aspect because like, I, I can't explain it, man. It's no, I think so that's, scary. That's spot on. This game is when you, when you suggested this, I have heard the game. I've seen some minor bits of gameplay and I knew who created it but I was not expecting to be in for one of the scariest games I think I've ever played. Like I've played through Outlast, Alien Isolation, Silent Hill, Resident Evil, name any of the big ones. And I don't think I've had segments of fear like this game brings upon. 
that doesn't mean it's a perfect game. There's definitely a lot of flaws I want to get into, but the spooks that are in this game are pretty fucking hardcore. Yeah, and with it being so... Um, well, yeah, like what you said, I've also played a lot of horror games. Like, I played a lot of Resident Evil, I played Dead Space, and all that stuff, but I mean, most of those games, you have uh, a weapon, and that makes you somewhat more safe, but uh, in this, it's uh, it's pretty simple. There's not really much for gameplay elements, it's just you can interact with things in your environment. You can like pick stuff up, do like uh, the whole Skyrim pick up and throw or whatever if you want. But like interacting with objects, that's basically what it is. And you can't fight back. You have to sneak past and avoid. And that is honestly the the formula uh, the, is the secret spice <laughs> to this game that makes it so terrifying because Blends of herbs you and spices. To, yeah you can't just outright avoid your fear you have to go through it which gives you just tremendous amounts of anxiety going through it yeah i don't know if it was my mood just going through this but it's it's definitely in the same vein as those other games where you can't fight back like outlast uh visage layers of fear stuff like that just something about this just makes you uneasy throughout the whole game like there's times where you're not even in danger but you're just you're fearful because there'll be either background noise of your heart pumping you just never know what's around that next corner stuff like that that uh that just really keeps you on your toes but this game also does have a pretty big chunk of downtime of exploring typical ish sessions but it's like um like scientific like you get to listen to some audio logs you get to explore under the ocean you get to look at people's rooms and just throw stuff around and this game adds a lot of extra rooms and a lot of extra paths that are just like for story basis like you just can go in there just to look around and it's not extremely linear like some horror games are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I dug that, that, that the fact that there were some sections that you're just going to explore and it's not even part of the main story. Right. Yeah. No. And um, I don't think we're going to cover a lot of what you can find throughout this game. I think we'll, we'll leave it for you guys to uh, play it and find for yourselves but there's yeah. a lot of like rich little stories sprinkled out through this that you can kind of pick up just by you know observing the environment of what happened or you know picking up audio logs and all that stuff kind of piecing things together to figure out what happened here and it's like a it, it makes up to be like cool little side stories all like adding to the whole you know the whole story as a whole you know, I guess you want to say the environment or the whole plot, I guess. Yep. Yeah. It does really well, too. Usually the points where you're exploring, your your anxiety is low. So it's like you still hear noises here and there. And that's those are things that spook you. But other than that, you like it, it's kind of calm. It's calming, especially when you get into a nice little puzzle. 
and uh, you could just sit there and relax and do a nice puzzle. The puzzles in this game are actually <laughs> really fun. Yeah, I did like the puzzles. Each one felt really unique, and they they actually made sense in a way, even though a lot of them were like uh, a lot of like sci-fi shit that I would never be able to do in real life. But I mean, it's set a hundred years in the future. There's, I mean, not even the developers can probably think of a way what how the technology works. But you know, yeah, and as you said, yeah, it's set in the future. This is a post-apocalyptic game, technically. Uh, You are in a scientific research base underneath the ocean, very, very deep. And all of humanity on the surface has been wiped out by an asteroid. And so your whole game is pretty much just exploring this underwater ocean base that was the last little bit of humanity and uh, researching a bit into the, the ARC project which was um, this AI project that kind of focuses the whole narrative of the game. Yeah. And with that, like most of the story, like the first little bit of it is trying to find a way out until, I mean, I guess you find a new purpose and then you have to find out about the arc project and, you know, we're like, well, try to get on the arc. So you, you, uh, Basically, your whole journey is for going to find the Ark and launching it into space because Earth is no longer habitable. And yeah, no no humans left. I will go into it more as we go through the story. But um, yeah, the Ark is just inhabited by AI only. So it, uh, it gets very interesting. Yeah, about that, that's, what many means. Yeah, that is a, a big point that we'll we'll get into. I mean, if you're if you don't want any spoilers, I mean, stop listening now because we're we're gonna it, it like the whole first twenty minutes sends you in for a whirl on like how things work. And, like <laughs> it, it's uh yeah yeah. If you want to consider that spoiler territory, uh, it's fine. I mean. But we're not gonna be really coy about it. Yeah, and I should I should correct myself. Not AI; they're um, brain scans of people. So they're basically a digital version of someone, kind of like, yeah. like Chappie, right? In a way, if you've seen that. Yeah, movie. there is a there is a dark twist on how the brain scans work and operate, and we'll get into that too. But. Yeah, I mean, for like general overview stuff, how do you how do you feel? As I said, the horror is really good in this game. There's some really big glaring issues, sadly, in the game. It's I would consider indie still frictional isn't a um, like huge developer by any means. So I I forgave a lot of the issues, but there's still some glaring ones that uh, definitely weigh on your experience to try and get to the next section. Yeah. For me, uh, I didn't really experience that many issues. I mean, other than getting lost or feeling like I'm getting (laughs) lost. But then I realized that a lot of the paths that you take in the open segments aren't really, aren't really as vast as they seem to be. I feel like the developers made a, 
made it a thing to where like it looks like you could get lost, but you really you really can't get lost because there's walls, you know, like if you go into a certain direction, that's the wrong direction. You're going to hit a wall anyways. As long as you're not going backwards, you're always going to be going forwards. So, yeah. And I don't know. I have a, I have a problem with some of the underwater segments personally. They yeah. aren't as vast. I agree with you there as, as they make it seem, but there's still some tricks they pull later in the game or like some, uh, some handy ways they handle the wide ocean that I wish they used earlier in the game. Oh, okay. The earlier ocean segments are bad ish. And then I think they get better near the end personally. Yeah. I, I don't mean, I don't know. I, I never really had any issues with the underwater segments. Like as long as you follow the lights, which I figured out pretty early on, you're pretty much able to find wherever you need to go. I don't know if yeah, how that was for you. There's one or two, like there's this, this game doesn't have specific name chapters like call of Cthulhu, but there's a section. I think it's after Delta where you have to go out of this one ship and then you get into a sub and then you have to go out of the sub and go somewhere else and there's a few sections like that where you go away from the trail of lights. And I was kind of backtracking back and forth. And there's just a couple times throughout the game where I've had to look up a guide. And oh. even inside the ships, I've had a couple of those segments. Right. And just just to quickly point me where to go, and then I would close it. And it kind of detracts from the experience a little bit after you wander a same hall for like the third or fourth time. It... uh it's I, I would have just liked, you know, like a navigational compass or something or like a quick, hey, I press this button and it does a quick um, Skyrim clairvoyance line or something like that. At least like point you in the right direction so you can reroute yourself. I suppose. Yeah, I would like that if that was like an option in the game. But one thing I really liked about this game is that there was like zero hand holding like you pretty much had to figure out everything for yourself and um i kind of like that because uh even when you're talking to Catherine, um she doesn't really give you i mean she sometimes gives you hints if it's something like really abstract but most of the time she'll just be like figure it out and i'm like all right think and it's... um it was it was a lot of brain teasing uh but it was I don't know. In the end, it ended up being uh, pretty satisfying to do stuff there, like that. There were parts where I liked it and there are parts where I straight up hated it. Like yeah. um, sometimes I I would get distracted by something or something would happen and I missed a line of line of dialogue from Catherine. And that line of dialogue was telling me what to do next. And since I missed that line of dialogue, I was basically just like, okay, now I'm just looking around for something to click on just because I missed the line of dialogue. Uh, Now that I think about it, if I had just like a quick, like click the select button and you just at least remind me of the task or something or point me in the general direction, like maybe a Bioshock arrow at the top, it it would have just gone a long way to uh, making the experience a little better. Yeah, that. That happened to me too. 
sometimes, but uh, usually if you go back and talk to Catherine, she'll tell you what you need to do. Did you know that? Sometimes she does, but yeah, I don't know. Then if you left her somewhere, then you have to backtrack all the way to find her and talk to her again. Oh yeah. I mean, that, I don't know. It, it adds a little bit of realism to it. There's like no anything on the screen at all times. So at one point, like either you're looking at something you can interact with and then your cursor will change to a hand of whatever sorts. And that's about it. And uh, I think that just like added more immersion to it. Like it didn't, you don't have a UI of like your health bar and shit and uh, everywhere. So it kind of, uh, I don't know. That was something I enjoyed, but I can see how like getting lost or missing a, an objective would, uh, would harm that experience. It probably sounds like a lot, but it was very few segments in the game. And I think it was mainly in the first half of the game or so. Uh, I think the second half of the game is hugely uh, like an amazing part compared to the first half. Like there, there's a certain point we'll, we'll talk about as I got past that I really started just enjoying the game and I really wanted to see it to the end. Uh, like I enjoyed the intro sequence and then maybe a chapter or two after that. And then it kind of went downhill and then it peaked up and uh, continued to peak to the finale for me. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of the same way, but there was a lot of points in this game where I was, I had this uh, sort of aversion to playing it whenever I thought about playing it <laughs> because it just, it scared me that much. If I were a braver man, I'd probably have a better experience with this, but it, it really scared me. And every time I thought about playing it, I'm like, Man, I don't want to play it. It's like a nightmare I can't escape. And, you know, if it wasn't for this podcast, I probably wouldn't have finished it because those, like, obviously with any horror game, the more you play it, the more confident you get in it. And I realized that after, you know, putting so many hours into this. But, like, the first two hours with some of these encounters, I, and then some of them were different and, I didn't know what to do and I would just like I'd pause the game and sit there for a little bit. I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I would actually but. say it's one of the big um big pros of the game as well, is I think every encounter is different. Like the, is. There, there's some enemies you'll see a couple times, but each like chapter enemy per se, I think was different yeah. throughout this game. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, had, different tracking features, different like ways of trying to kill you and fun stuff. Yeah. There, there were diverse enemies or monsters throughout this. And that is something to appreciate with that. But um, yeah, it's just, it was way too much anxiety for me. Um, <laughs> it was an excellent experience. I hope I never experience again, so to speak. Yeah. On a smaller note with the game, the main menu is superb. I don't get to say that much about games. Usually it's pretty, I don't know, pretty standard. There's just something about this main menu that's just sleek. All the options are super easy to go through. They don't fill the game with unnecessary stuff. It's one of the things I do like about indie games. There's not 
an entire cod menu of options oh yeah <laughs> and yeah. just a very sleek new game continue uh, options i think was the all it's there yep yeah it's the the classic main menu which is always nice to see i always like to see that kind of stuff and um I mentioned Layers of Fear earlier in comparison to this game. It does have a similar interaction uh, mode where it's kind of like a, like a drag and drop type of interaction, if that sounds accurate. I don't know what a drag and drop is. Like uh, like if you were on PC, you'd be clicking and like dragging something and moving it. Whereas on, on Xbox, oh. which I think is what we both played on, you kind of like drag it and pull it or yeah. drag something and move it. Uh, like you hold an item to pick it up or hold a button to pick it up. And then you like swing open doors, you swing open drawers or um, close things. And I really like that interaction system. It just, it's realistic and it's nice and makes you feel more in tune with the environment. Yeah. Also, it's fucking scary when you're trying to run away from something and you're like, I got to press the fucking button. Why is it so small? <laughs> Yeah. And uh with uh little with little tutorial in this game, it, it like when you're walking around in your apartment for the first time in the beginning, uh it's it's pretty uh streamlined. It's like, oh you could do this, you can pull open your like interacting with everything in there, you're just pulling open cupboards <laughs> and opening drawers and throwing stuff around. Yeah. So you get really familiar with it right away. So you're pretty comfortable with it when you're uh, when the time comes where you you need to do it, and uh, that, that's something to like. But yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, and they have a really good uh, attention to detail in these room designs overall. Like we mentioned, there's a lot of off, like not on your linear path rooms that you can go explore and stuff and there's all these like side stories throughout the game that are completely optional to you to like go read through people's notes inspect items and so i i I really do like that they don't hold your hand throughout the whole game but there is also some parts where i would have liked a little bit of hand holding yeah like a little hint here and there would have been very beneficial. I remember I was running around on that part where you had to get that guy to tell you the cipher code. And yeah. for the life of me, I couldn't find that other chip anywhere. And looking it up, it was inside a box that I wouldn't have opened otherwise. <laughs> then um, that's, that's fact, actually... it was in there. One of the fun sections where my uh, my OCD helped because it was in there was this room with all those pillars full of full of all those drives. I literally sat in that room for like 10 minutes, pulling every single drive out of those things just because it was satisfying to pull them out. And there was one that actually had a complete drive in it. I was like, oh, (laughs) cool. And I went and plugged that in. Oh, so you didn't. You didn't uh, get through that part where, like, okay, that's interesting because uh, I was told to find the chip somewhere, and I assumed it was in that room because it was full of a room full of chips. 
So that's how I was able to like, and I didn't pull every drive out. Um, I pulled out a drive and then like, he's like nothing. So I'm like, all right, I got to look for the one that's different. And I looked for all the ones and then grabbed the I, right one. So it, it was, so that, that's cool. I, I didn't know there could be a different experience with that. I no, I, I think it was the same chip as, as yours. I, I, I think I either went in there too early or I, like I mentioned earlier, maybe missed a line of dialogue of what I was supposed to do. Cause there was other rooms I didn't explore yet, but I was just chilling in there, pulling all the drives out just cause it looked fun. Yeah. And I was like, maybe there'll be something in here. And uh, yeah, there ended up being a chip. And I think I was opening all the other boxes for that. Um, the other memory drive or something. I ran around throwing everything off shelves in this game. That's that's how much I love the interaction system. Yeah, I just I would touch everything I could. I agree. uh, It's very good. There's a lot of tense parts where you can't do that because there's something out there uh, listening for you, and uh, it's very scary. But yeah, this is another part where it's not exactly a con, but I do wish they put more into it is the distraction mechanism. I seen before that this game does have distraction. Like some enemies are supposed to follow the noise. Yeah. But I would throw items all the time and maybe it was just certain enemies that didn't, but they wouldn't follow them. Yeah. I had that. I had some parts where that was the case too, um, because it was like towards the end of the game with that, um, sounded like a lady that was like sitting there and like groaning and uh, sitting in front of the power pack yeah, that I had to get. Just wouldn't move. Wouldn't move. So I ended up having to get her attention and like do laps until I was able to grab it and then run away. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to rant about that one a bit. Like, yeah, that sucks. What, what the fuck was that section? I was I was starting to enjoy the game a lot by that point, and then ran into him or her, and then. I was like, am I am I like stupid? Am I missing something like because I the only way I could get the person to move was to go right up next to them and then run away. Yeah, Um, no, that's exactly what I did, too. (laughs) And I was like, this is not like what? Because there was no hiding spots in the room either. So I would just run until they lost me and then jump around them. Yeah, it seemed like a crude way of uh, switching up the the gameplay style of this particular enemy i don't know if it was like because they were groan- groaning so loud that you had like that was the only way to get their attention or what because i mean they weren't very fast anyways so no i um i literally threw objects at them and they didn't yeah. move didn't move nothing they they might like chime in with like go away or something but like that they wouldn't move so yeah. i don't I would, know like, jump up and down like across the hall from them and they wouldn't come after me. I had to get like right up next to them. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. That sucked. This game gave me, uh, I can't remember the game. There was another horror type game that had a similar intro, but also portal, uh, either portal one or two had this kind of feeling intro where you're, Oh, pray. That's what it was where you wake up in like your, your apartment and stuff. And you're just doing some normal stuff before you uh, actually get into the to the crux of the game. And 
I, I yes. really like that. Like you feeling like you have a normal life before you uh, jump into it. And it's, uh, it's pretty neat. You find out everything was a lie. It's just kind of the same premise. Well, it yeah. wasn't a lie in this game, but yeah, like shit goes south really fast. And like, that's where they catch their similarities. Yeah. And I'd like to, uh, to get into that when we get into the intro that uh, yeah. maybe it wasn't a lie. There's some uh, theories. Yeah, maybe. I have a few other cons of the game, too. Okay. It's with the underwater sections. Can you give me a flashlight earlier in the game, please? And then make it like a little more effective underwater. Like, oh, I did not like how dark it was. Sometimes I turned my gamma to the max and there's still sections where I could not see shit. Because there, there is some sections where you go off away from the lights and, I don't know, a very minor thing, but either have a higher gamma setting or give me a flashlight earlier in the game. We get one pretty pretty late. Yeah, I mean, you get a flashlight right as soon as you get the super uh, scuba suit. So, and it was, the lighting was, yeah, it was pretty bad in the first part of the game. Uh, it, it was... Honestly, it was pretty bad for me, too. Honestly, after I got the flashlight, I didn't really have that much issues seeing, to be honest. It was still dark, but I was able to pick up enough to figure out where I was going. And I think that was enough. But there was a certain section, which is probably the worst section of the game just overall, where you're in the ship underwater as well. So the whole ship is flooded. And that whole area where you're avoiding the enemy there is very dark, which is very not not fun section overall. I didn't like that the boss. I didn't like the section. And yeah, kind of. That was actually yeah. one of the brighter areas of the game because all the red lights and stuff. I mean, it wasn't completely dark. Yeah, it's just it wasn't uh, light enough to like know where you're going. And there's a whole bunch of side rooms. That I went yeah. into, I'm like, well, one of these is the right room to go to. And it was just pitch black in those. Obviously, I found out later those were the wrong rooms. But yeah, a lot of wandering around in the dark because I closed the door. And so I couldn't find my way out. <laughs> oh, wow. So Have you messed with your TV settings at all? Because like I really didn't have any of these issues that you're talking about. Yeah, I turned my gamma all the way up. I um, sometimes even played with like lights on in my room and I don't know, just some sections are very dark. Okay. How far are you from your screen? I don't know about the standard. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't really have that many issues with the, the lighting. It was dark, but I think that's what added to it. If it was any brighter, I don't know if it would maybe, maybe it'd make it better. I don't know, but I feel like the, 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 darkness added to the intensity so i mean that i enjoyed that but i don't know yeah this one's a miscellaneous one not really a con either but for some reason there's an inventory button and i'm like okay maybe we're gonna get something later in the game no you just have your omni tool the whole game and your inventory button just reminds you that you have an omni tool (laughs) <laughs> so I didn't get the point of that. Like, why did you race the resources to have an Omni tool flashing on the screen and like an inventory button? 
Like, I don't why, know. Why waste the time mapping that? Well, <laughs> I can see how that. I can see how that's uh, the case because uh, sometimes you're holding a chip and sometimes you're holding like, you know, quest items that you're going to use later. I don't, Sometimes, like, but you, you hold it in your hand if it's a quest item and like you see it in your face in front of your face. Yeah, not all the time, though, because I that one chip uh, for uh, Brandon Juan, uh, you picked it up or even like the control chip. You picked it up and then you just put it in your put it away. So, yeah, I, I, it just it felt a little pointless to me. I thought we were going to get maybe more items later. Yeah, this is a little just weird. It's not really a con. It's yeah, it is weird, especially since like there's no really a not really a point in looking for it in your inventory, because as soon as you go up to the thing that you need to use it on anyways, you you know, pull it out and use it. You just got to look at it. But yeah, I could see that that's that that is kind of dumb, but it's whatever. Yeah. So the audio logs in this game there's like three different types of audio logs and they're not not even really audio logs they're black boxes that you're connecting to um basically audio logs and Mm -hmm. some are done well and then there's others where you have to stand there and stare at the person's body while you're listening to it and i wasn't much of a fan of those i would like teach their own i think it's personally like an objective thing, but I, I like audio logs where you can play them and then go walk around. So oh. I don't want to stand and stare at a body for two minutes straight for some of those longer ones. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They, it, it kind of sucked that you had to sit there and listen to it. But I mean, luckily most of them were kind of bite-sized. Uh, yeah. So about like 20 seconds. And if you, I mean, there's usually a bit to unpack with each one anyways. So I feel like if I were to walk around while it was playing, I would get distracted and not even know what the hell they're talking about. But then again, yeah, I, I still didn't play with subtitles, so I wouldn't, maybe that would have helped. It wasn't a, um, like a huge issue or anything. I think there was only like a handful of audio logs that actually sucked that were like two plus minutes where I accidentally turned too far and then it turned off the audio log and <laughs> stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I'm not yeah. listening to the rest of it. I'm not going to play it over again. Yeah. Stuff like that. Or like I tried to explore the room while I was doing it and walked a little bit too far and it turned off. And yeah. Luckily, uh, these audio logs are black boxes. They don't really, they, they're not really necessary to the story most of the time. I say most of the time, but uh, <laughs> they are little um, hints. They they can give little hints on what you need to do in order to solve like the overall overarching puzzle you need yeah. to do to uh, get out of a certain area or move forward. So they do help in that way, which I can appreciate. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it just sucks that you have to sit there and listen to it. Yeah, overall optional, so you can completely skip them. They're just story-based yeah. ones. Um, no achievements attached to them, which is one pro that I did have for this game as well. As an achievement hunter, the list was super easy and nice for a story-driven game. 
sometimes you get these story driven games where it's like, hey, go do all this stuff. Or um, maybe even like Outlast is guilty of this where like, hey, uh, complete the game without dying and your batteries and insane mode. And sometimes it's just really nice to be able to say, hey, just go through the game and then you're yeah. that's it. And that's all this game really is for achievements. And then maybe one there's one minor possibly missable one in the game, but it's yeah. Hard to miss. Yeah. I actually had two other pros for the game as well that I thought of that I want to detail before we get in. But going uh talking about that uh being able to actually hundred percent the game uh in yes. one playthrough. I really like that because it makes the game more uh, digestible, per se, uh, for it being like a seven or eight hour game. Yep. The experience is only as good as the first playthrough, in my opinion, especially if you can if you can figure out an enemy. It, like and you know where everything is. I can see like you replaying this game and just speed running it in, you know, three to four hours. If you just, I don't know if you can skip dialogue or whatever, but if you wanted to do that, you very well could. And it would be the easiest game in the world. But I think the fear comes from the unknown and uh, like trying to figure things out for the first time, I guess. So games like uh, Outlast, games like Outlast, I guess, is a little bit different. Uh, well, it's kind of the same, actually. So, so if you were to play it on a harder difficulty, like what, like what would you do different? Yeah, like what more do you get out of it? Like this game, exactly. I think is is the perfect one playthrough, and you're done. And that's not a bad thing for a game. Like, no, it's not bad not to say that. Hey, you're only going to play this one time. Like, you got eight hours of content out of this game, and a lot more time in your mind after the game's over exactly this one will stick with you yeah same thing with the movie you know uh you you pay for tickets to go to a movie you buy the game to play the game like it's 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 a win-win and i i don't subscribe to the whole idea of making a game super replayable all the time sometimes it's not necessary you know like it's just like one and done i I was glad i played it and but (laughs) I don't want to play it again. <laughs> Not every game has to be 100 plus hours and be constantly on your hot bar of playing to keep up with all the new stuff. Like sometimes it's just nice to play a game, have an experience and just be done with it. Exactly. Which is yeah, just exactly what this is. To my other notes, I just want to point out I I couldn't find like any of the specific artists and stuff in this game, but the foley and sound design and then the soundtracks in this game uh, which is very few but everywhere where all of that mixes was just phenomenal throughout this game on point the breathing like just different object what would you even call it like clipping like when you drop certain objects the noises it would make the when you bang things against things everything just was really on point the voice acting could be a little iffy here and there for for some of the voice actors I noticed, but overall I I think I dug it by the end, and I was I was pretty into our two main characters. Yeah, 
at the at the initial starting of the game, I was like, oh, I don't know if I dig our main character, but I think past that halfway mark, I was like, okay, I, I like him now. Yeah, you start to see like more uh, diverse emotions from our main character as the game goes on, and yep. uh, you don't see it till like the last half, which was like it was a little weird at first because like all this crazy shit is happening, and he's <laughs> just like. There's just monsters chill. out there. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like, you are not scared out of your mind right now? And he's just like, okay, I guess I'll do it. I'll go out there with the monster. <laughs> I'm like, that could have been written a little better uh, because, like, I, he's not selling me on, like, actually being terrified of these creatures. Just this like, is fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, he doesn't freak out that much. Whereas... You get the opposite with Brandon, where Brandon is obviously a paranoid guy. And as soon as he finds out he's in a he he's not in his real body, he's just a scan. He freaks the fuck out. But um, Simon spoilers, obviously, I think we're well into talking about the game already. Right. Does not freak out at all when he finds out he's not in his real body. He just kind of accepts it pretty quickly. I wouldn't say he accepts it. It was, I mean, when he first finds out, he, like, I think he just had to take it in for a minute because he was thinking he was human for the first bit until yeah. Catherine told him what he was. And then, uh, and uh, he, like, I don't know if it was, like, at that time, he was already convinced that he wasn't human. Maybe he just didn't feel human. Which is also another thing. But I mean, I feel like after a while, you kind of figure out that it's just like he had a lot lot of existential crisis throughout the whole game. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, just sitting there thinking about life and philosophizing and all that stuff and thinking of what it is to be human and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's not like he accepted it. it. He was just. I think it was more of he didn't know how to feel about it, which I mean, who knows? It's not any situation that either of us has been in. So how could we know how he should react to that? But what he should react to is the fucking monsters out there, though. (laughs) He's like, all right, I guess I'll go out there with the monsters. Yep. Man-made horrors within my comprehension right there. Yeah. I don't know. It made me wonder, like, since he does it, he knows he's not human, that there's no real consequence here, or I don't know. Yeah, no fear of actual death. Right. My other my other main note here is, even though this game's small, it's an indie game, this game is really fucking pretty. Like, it is. They don't, they don't even glamorize it at all. There's no Bioshock sweeping shot of the ocean. There's no like real magnificent jingles, I think that I can recall of that, like focus on the beauty. It's just, it's there. And whether you take your time to admire it or not, it's, it's just there and it is what it is. And it's looks fucking awesome. Yeah, I agree. The game world is extremely detailed and, uh, the, the colors, the, the visuals, just everything kind of meshes together to make it seem like it's dark, but like there's, there's a certain vibrance to it, I guess, uh, the lights and the, and the, 
monsters and stuff like everything just seems to work together so i mean props to the sound design team and the artwork art people for this game because uh they they did them they outdid themselves for sure absolutely yeah so sorry i had a lot of uh notes there but i uh i like this game and i had a lot to to think about overall yeah me too we're we're probably going to dive into some philosophy here because i like to think that uh me and andy here are a bit of amateur philosophers i mean we ask each other's questions so we like to ponder so we are going to get a little philosophical here talking about the overall uh i guess as they pop up the overall uh narrative themes and narrative theme yeah that that. throughout the game because there's a lot to unpack with that so i i'm excited to get into it yeah i am as well you want to take a short break here before we jump into the main game absolutely Alrighty, we will see you guys soon back and for now for the next while we're going to get into the story of this game so our main character simon jarrett is a man that has brain damage and hemorrhaging uh i think it's like uh uh it's like a he has a he has hemorrhaging going on in his brain from a car crash he survived yes and he is looking for solutions to help him survive so I mean, that's the main premise of it. But we start out waking up in the bed, uh, getting a phone call from Dr. Munchi, Munchi telling him yeah. to come in for his appointment and that he has to take his tracer fluid. Dr. Munchi prescribed him tracer fluid to um, prepare him it's, for his brain scan. Yeah. It's like that um, that vein stuff they use to pump through your veins to make it all like super blue so they can... Uh, tell how your circulation is going oh i didn't know that honestly i had no clue what uh tracer fluid was i mean this was made back in 2015 and i know it's (laughs) not like super futuristic but i'm like oh tracer fluid that sounds like some futuristic (laughs) shit but no it was just it's an actual thing and i didn't know about it but uh yeah i've never heard of like brain ones though i assume it's the same though like trying to see what parts of his brain are powered up by where it goes I assume that's that's the case. But when we wake up, we get the call. And uh, so when we start playing, we're able to explore the apartment. And Simon lives in Toronto, Canada. And uh, and you're able your first objective is to find the tracer fluid. So <laughs> this gives you incentive to go around and play with the physics mechanics and just uh open up drawers find out wherever he put it simon has completely forgot where he put it so you have to go find it yeah and i i really like this this is like uh it seems really realistic uh in this i mean the whole game is 
pretty realistic in terms of like the art design, but uh, just the lighting and everything in the room, uh, just yeah. great. This is very good. I thought for a second when we were starting that um, Simon being Canadian meant, oh, this is probably a Canadian studio. Looked it up and Frictional is actually Swedish. So it's pretty neat. I feel like I've been seeing a lot more Canadian culture lately. Not that it really affects the game too much. I think there's a few more references to Toronto and different areas, but just interesting to see more works out of Canada. Feels like uh, life in Canada is a bit more uh, modest than most cultures. Like they don't really have anything going on. Like I'm, I'm pretty up north in the United States, and if I were to, uh, if anything were to happen in the closest Canadian town next to me, I would have no idea because we just don't talk about it here in America. So there could be things going on in Canada, but we just don't know. So I can only assume that it's it's pretty chill up there. Yeah, I uh, I forgot to mention based on the intro. Uh, what mode did you play this game on? Uh, safe or normal? Normal. Okay. For for listeners, there there's two difficulty modes to this game. There's safe and normal. Safe is basically if you want to play this game as a walking simulator and just take in the story rather than the horror elements, they're still they're still there. You just can't die. So there's no real like reason to avoid the monsters per se. Because they can't hurt you. So it's just yeah, a, well, a way for you to play it for just the story. They can hurt you still, I'm assuming, in safe mode. Uh, you just won't die. Because, uh, you know, after you get hit once, you get knocked out or whatever, and you wake up. I'm assuming that just keeps happening from over and over I've again. From other people, it's a little more comical. Some people have actually commented that they will, like, chase you to a doorway, and then when they come face-to-face with you, they'll just step out of the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't, I can't confirm that. It's just what I've seen on like, you know, like Reddit posts and stuff like that. But that's insane. Why would you, why would you even want to play like that? It's just ruining a, a whole point. It wasn't originally in the game. I think it was a, um, like a complaint or something. And then people, they ended up putting it in just as like a, I think it was a joke. Oh, okay. So but definitely this game play is on- meant to be played in normal. Yeah, yeah, that's what I played it in. Do you, do you want to play on normal mode or sissy mode? Yeah. What you're you saying? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I get it. Some people maybe aren't as, like, functional as people with disabilities or people that just maybe aren't as prone to horror that maybe still want to experience the story. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it is a horror game for, for the people that just don't want to experience the horror. Like... I, I I don't know. Watch a playthrough on YouTube, or listen to this this podcast if you don't yeah. want to like go through it yourself. Exactly. It's just don't play the game if you're going to play it on safe mode. That's my opinion. Yeah, uh, that kind of ruins it for me. Uh, it it kind of defeats the entire premise of the game. Not not that you can't still take the philosophical bits without it, but right. It just it's like. I want to say like 70% of the game is the horror elements and those crazy intense moments where you're getting chased. But yeah, it takes away from a lot of the areas if you don't have horror. So yeah, 
I've actually only died once throughout this game. And the checkpoints seem to be pretty liberal anyways. So, yeah, it was about three times for me. I think my first death wasn't until pretty late in the game, just due to a really dumb decision on my part. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, they're they're pretty liberal. They uh, they just spawn you back pretty, pretty close from my experience. Yeah. I don't know if it would it would be more frustrating or more not wanting to die or self-preservation involved if the checkpoints were few and far between. What do you think? I, I think your average gamer is probably going to fall between that one to five deaths mark. Yeah. And unless you're just really bad at like the stealth in this game isn't even hard. I would say like, no, I don't know, unless you're just completely careless and running around, you're probably not going to have that many deaths. So yeah, shouldn't be a problem for you. So no, I, stealth I, isn't hard. I'm fine and with how they do the checkpoint system. I like it. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, I mean, uh, how long did you spend uh, going around the apartment looking for <laughs> looking for the tracer fluid? Uh, about as long as it took me to throw every book off the shelf and every cup out of the cupboards. <laughs> I was doing the same thing, dude. As soon as they and showed then, me how to throw, that was it. Yep. <laughs> Throwing I <wasn't>, everything. <laughs> I was a little sad that glass doesn't shatter, but I guess I understand they don't want to go through all that animation. Yeah. I mean, the physics were pretty on par as it is. So, I mean, you can't really, can't really complain. That's fine. Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed, like, I felt like I learned a lot about Simon just walking around his apartment. Yeah. And and like we mentioned earlier in the intro, we don't even know if this is our Simon, technically, because as we're going to get to, he's about to get a brain scan. Yeah. And it's very likely that this isn't even the original Simon that we play as later. So very interesting philosophical stuff. Yeah. But um, we uh, in the apartment, we find uh, some books. He likes to read uh, and he's also a comic book fan as he works at a comic book shop. So, yeah, his apartment's pretty modest. Yep. And we uh, we find the, the brain fluid and we we dip on out of the apartment. Yep. As soon as you're done exploring there. Yep. And then when you. Leave the apartment, it cuts straight to a train ride, taking public transportation, and we get a phone call from one of Simon's friends, and uh, he's basically just kind of palling around with them, giving them shit about having the whole brain shit going on. <laughs> yeah. I think he made like a really dark joke, try not to die or something. Yeah, like, like he has a choice, because he's going to die anyways because of his brain right. Yeah. Dr. Munchie is actually not technically a doctor yet. He's still a uh, graduate student working on his PhD thesis, which is um, what we are about to test for him. His, uh, yes. his whole brain project here. Yeah, it's it's uh, that is a point important detail, actually, because uh, we walk in and we're like, hey, doctor. And it's like, oh, he's not doctor yet. And all of a sudden I'm on edge. I'm like, you're not a doctor and you're going <laughs> to work on my brain. Sit in this saw like chair and uh, 
we'll start in. Yep. And um, so there, our first puzzle was actually getting into uh, his office and having yeah. to find. I actually had cool. a lot of trouble at this part because uh, you had to find the code to get into the into the room. But yep. I was running back and forth because I didn't know exactly where to look for it. But it was actually like it was hidden in like not really hidden. It was circled, but <laughs> it was uh, is it was like kind of cool, but it was more frustrating that, that honestly, out of all the puzzles, my least favorite was the first one. Not, you know, not to say that, you know, the first one should be difficult, but I just couldn't find it. Uh, maybe I'm just not that perceptive, but so uh, I didn't find it too difficult. I um I definitely like the element of it feeling pretty realistic. Like um like that's a scenario that could actually happen. It's not one of these weird like video game puzzles that would never happen in real life, where you're connecting wires or stuff like that. That's true. You're yeah. just looking for a password to open the door, and it's pretty cool. And the place looks run down. Which also gives you a little sense of worry for this project, and yeah, it was like uh, in the middle of renovation. He's and renting the place just for the day, and yep, <laughs> yeah, all that, all those details just left me uneasy. I'm like, okay, Simon, I I'm sorry that you're going through this sketchy procedure. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out to uh, not really matter because it doesn't matter. No, his his project works. We get our brain scan and we don't really ever get the details. At least I never found the details of how Simon's brain scan survived 100 years and survived the apocalypse. Maybe it was one of the initial testings before Catherine's project. It was like a prerequisite or precursor. I actually did find these details. Uh, So Dr. Munchie was uh, working on this as a thesis, and apparently his thesis was actually a success, and it was actually researched, therefore, afterwards. So he okay. kept Simon's uh, brain scan as like proof of his thesis, and that's how it survived. It mostly survived as data up for 100 years until it was actually placed into a chip, and then... We we don't exactly know how he was uploaded to that suit or whatever, but that's that's as much as I know. Yeah. So we, um, as soon as we close our eyes with the uh, the chair with Doctor Munchie, we wake up and we are uh, in our new body, a hundred years later. <laughs> yeah. So we wake up, wake up in a very dark room. Nothing going on. Simon's freaking out. I'm freaking out as I'm playing this and our first objective is to get out of the room. Yeah. You get to test the physics a little bit here. You get to break the window. Yeah. You got to break the window. I didn't know how to do that at first though. Cause like I was just wandering around. I'm like, how do I get out of here? And then I saw the window was cracked. And then they, this, this is the point where it gave me a little hint. It was like, you know, press this to throw objects. I'm like, why is it telling me that? <laughs> and then I saw the window. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I got really excited when I seen the window with the, with the door being locked. I was like, Oh, they're letting me do this. This is awesome. Yep. 
such a small thing, but I like I like realism stuff like that. And okay. I immediately like I don't think I threw it. I think I just banged it on the window until it broke. Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. So very good. We um we explore this area a little bit and we find our uh, we find our Omni tool. Yeah, we're on like a desk in a different room. Yeah, it, it, we start to it starts to get a little more uh, a little more crazy. Like nothing really crazy happens, but it, it's more unsettling when the, yeah, all the lights the shut off. Power goes on your off. Way to, yeah, yep. all the lights shut off on your way to the Omni tool, and then once you get it, uh, you just have to feel your way around because it was really dark, and it would be nice to have a flashlight at this point. And uh, you just have to find your way back to the room and activate. I, I don't even remember what you have to activate. You had to put a, a new chip in there to unlock. The ah, door, that's right. Which yeah, is you have to update it. It was one of those things. It just felt a little pointless because you you don't even use the Omni tool in the first place. You immediately like upgrade it to open the next door. Like yeah. why not just use the Omni tool in the first place to open the door as as a game mechanic thing like. Why yeah. did this go back to the room to upgrade it right away? Yeah, that's that's a good point. This this has this does happen again probably once or twice throughout the rest yeah. of the game. Just in but, this scenario, like your first time using it was upgrading it. Right. I'm not sure, honestly. If you didn't know like because I think it was just like more of like a story thing. Like you had to update it to the security and you had to, that was because you, you picked it up and it was originally belonged to a maintenance guy or whatever. Yeah. And you have to upgrade the security to actually like bypass the door. And it is kind of pointless, but I don't know. Yeah. So we learned how to run earlier in the game. And then like shortly after, I think we pick up the Omni tool. There's a tool trip tool tip for learning how to lean. And I think that that tool tip was honestly scarier than uh, most games that, you know, like Dead Island, where it pops up saying this is how to run. You immediately use it. And yep. I think Dead Space does it too. Learning how to lean in this game was like, oh, shit, what's around the next corner? Yep. And then I never used that feature again. <laughs> I did a few times only because uh, there were some enemies that could see you and I didn't want to be seen. And uh, that really helped in that aspect. But yeah, it wasn't really, it's not really essential to the gameplay. It's just an option you, it's a, you know, tool to your tool belt mostly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But yeah, uh, with, uh, with that Omni tool being updated, it might be, like I'm probably uh it's probably shot in the dark, but it might be a way to uh show you like how certain things work. Because I remember at, uh sometimes you have to update chips in order to do that, but you have to, it, the game tells you to do it anyways. Like yeah. whatever device you're working on trying to fix you're you're fixing a lot of things in this game, by the way. <laughs> Everything is fucking broken and you have to go fix it. And then I think that's what drives the story forward. Yeah, I mean, it's all been sitting stagnant for years. That's true, but it's just like doing, I guess, I don't know. It, it comes to a point where you're like, all right, well, this isn't going to work. So, like Catherine tells you to do something, you're like, 
I know this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to fix something <laughs> or not use it at all. But yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we use our newly upgraded Omni tool to get through the first door and make our way through some spooky, poorly lit tunnels, of course, until we find a uh, control room. And I sadly have to unplug a robot to death and not, not the first, uh, person will kill so to say yeah which you don't realize it really at the moment that that's a person or like a a brain scan into a robot but uh we unplug him because he was draining power from the control panel and uh we turn it back on and that's when we get an alert from Catherine. yep she tells us to uh head upstairs to the comm center she works over at uh one of the other facilities and uh yeah, then we get to have our first encounter with an enemy in this game as we're making our way to the to the to the comm room. Yeah. So you turn on the power and then you go into the power generator room and it breaks and you fall down and now you're stuck in the bottom level with this giant robot that has like glowing nodules all over him. And it's got a big light uh, in front of him, which is which makes it pretty easy to, you know, figure out what he's looking at because he's pretty easy to avoid. As long he's as a big you stay like, behind him or something. Yeah. And he's kind of just lugging around. And so yeah, they, they let you off easy at first. It's like, oh, if all the enemies are like this, this game's going to be cake. I know. I was thinking the same thing, dude. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, this isn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I because um, I, I snuck around this guy and flipped the, the valve and stuff that we need to, and I pretty much sprinted upstairs and got away yep. from him. And he's he's pretty slow, so you could definitely do that, whether he sees you or not. Yeah. One thing I will say is that whenever you're spotted, that music is so intense that <laughs> it's uh, it's very, it yeah, it feels like a chase for sure. Yeah, we uh we make it upstairs to the control room where we meet Carl Semkin. Uh, Carl thinks he's human and starts giving us more hints that um, something's weird on this station. He's a little uh, factory robot and he's stuck. And there's a lever on the one side of the the wall, and I pulled it and it shocked the shit out of him. Yeah, I felt so bad. I don't know if he did. I that did too. too. I did the same thing and I felt bad and I shut it off. I'm like, okay, there's got to be another way. And um, it wasn't until I tried using the computer to open up the the door to get up to the comms room that it said that you have to shut down one of two areas uh, for power. So Yeah. And I was thinking we had a choice here. I yeah. thought it was going to be like a power rerouting thing. Like a like a mini game of like oh you gotta shut down one door to open another yeah and so we go to the other room to shut off the power and they kind of give you a warning saying hey this is like undoable yeah and we do it and it shuts down power to the whole place and it kills Carl too which is sad and uh, this other killer robot wins so you didn't have to kill Carl you know that right. Oh, was there another option here? Yeah. So when it said divert power, it gave you it gave you a choice because there was two rooms that had I think 
in the back, there was a hallway in the back. If you went back there, there was a, um, like a power, like power strip there. And if you Mm -hmm. shut down the power there, you shut down the power, like in that area. And it doesn't kill Carl because that side of the map is still on. Oh, you know, when they said there was two paths, I thought the shocky lever was the other one. And so it was just like a, like uh, you have two choices, but you actually only have one choice. No, no, it actually says the same, same thing in that other room too. It's like, there's no turning back. If you shut this off, I'm like, all right. And I shut it off and you know, Carl was still there. And I was like hoping to have another opportunity to help him. Yeah. But you know, soon forgot about him after I moved on because like I had bigger problems, but (laughs) well, that's really sad. Like I wish I knew that I had a choice there. (laughs) That's all right. It's not the first time. It won't be the last. In the end, I probably would have made that decision. I guess knowing the future of the game. Yeah. Because he he would be sitting there for eternity. Well, that that brings up another philosophical question. Is a life worth living if you're not human? Is a life worth living if you're just standing there, like stuck in a box? Yeah, which is exactly what um, Carl was in Carl's situation. Yeah, where, where where I think it differs though is like like Catherine, where she can be mobile, and Carl wasn't ever going to move. So yeah, Catherine, Catherine seems to be indifferent about the situation. Well, we could talk more about it later, but it's just it's interesting her perspective on the whole thing. Um, she seems kind of cold, actually, when it comes to you know humanity and the whole idea of it all, but. Yeah, I think she's a firm believer in the the afterlife of the brain scans, and she, yeah. I don't think she ever ever really cared for her human form. No, she was kind of like always put down, and yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to know her story more, which which kind of explains some, but uh, it also yeah, it's also sad. But yep. Anyways, yeah. Either ways. <laughs> <laughs> after you dive divert the power you go upstairs and that's where Catherine is so we meet her for the first time well we see her on the intercom and yeah. she tells us that we need to go to lambda yep. that's where she's located so after that something goes wacky and the whole place gets filled with water like the yeah, the whole bubble collapses and uh, yeah. we get flushed out pretty much. Yeah, the bubble collapses, we get flushed out. And then um, this is where we have a uh, a scuba suit, like seemingly gloss over our skin, which is a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Catherine wants us to take the tram to Lambda Station. So we're like, chill. We're outside. We don't need to breathe water for some reason or uh, breathe air underwater. We don't question it. And we just go find the tram underwater. Well, we're in a scuba suit. It's sort of like a scuba suit. We find out later that it's it's not really. Well, it is, but it's still a scuba suit. Not not at this point. We're um, we're just in the, the other person's body. And it doesn't have a head. We're just a microchip plugged into a body. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. But it's still a scuba suit. The whole encapsulating part of, well, yeah. The whole, like, the whole encapsulation of it is a scuba suit, though. Is it? It is. Oh, yeah. I guess when we, we do find, <laughs> see the body later, yeah. it has, like, some sort of a helmet on it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, we, <laughs> we make our, whatever we look like. We head to the to the little tram door and find this little helper bot that opens the door for us. And, and then we, uh, we get a flashlight from here and uh, get to go through some tunnels. And we got to power this tram. So we find this woman that's just being kept alive by this weird bug machine. <laughs> and this yeah. is where we have to pull a plug so that we can, um, so it stops draining from the power supply and turns it back on. She's like all like in this like goo and like hooked up like with like wires. So yep. this stuff. This is wow. It, it is wow. Like W-A-U. Yep. And it, what it what it stands for, I don't know. But um, it is a it, it, we'll we'll explain more later when we, you know, exposition and all that. What it is, it's like it's like a mix between flesh and mechanical, if that makes sense. So it looks kind of fleshy. It's a robot that's controlling all of it, but it's like um like nano machines almost. And it's you can use it to morph over stuff. Yeah, pretty much. And um, it controls things, it consumes things, and you know this this poor lady was. It seemed like uh, was on life support through the through this like wow substance hooked up to the power and whatever this wow substance is uh, hooked up to, it'll just consume all the power. It's like almost always needing more. Uh, power generation so there's a lot of points where you have to like unhook things to uh, to turn on the power because the wow is sucking it all out yep yeah so poor amy has to die but now that the power's on yeah. we can go to lambda station yep. and we crash on the way yeah because of course we do <laughs> of course we do yeah we'll, we'll uh we'll say that a lot but um <laughs> Yeah, everything always has to go wrong because, I mean, you, you start to think about it. It's probably wow, just controlling things. Yeah, it just doesn't want us to succeed and send the arc for whatever reason. It it's, could be. It's an Ultron type thing. It's like uh, it was made to help humanity. And then it's like starts making its own purpose of how it's going to save humanity. So, yeah. And like all Ultron themed AIs that they're evil and they got to wipe out all the humans. Yeah. Cause I mean, well, it was I never more absorbing them or absorbing them, but like, I never understood the whole idea of that. Like humans cause destruction to each other. Therefore we need to destroy all the humans. Yeah. I, I suppose thinking from a robot's perspective, not having any morality that that could make sense but uh you know like for it being such a smart being like you couldn't think of any other possible solutions to uh protect humans other than annihilating them all <laughs> i don't know nope, that's the way to deal with this yeah so we, we crash the tram 
and have to emergency eject and uh, walk the rest of the way. We find a maintenance hatch, maintenance hatch and get back out onto the seafloor. So back to uh, to walking towards Lambda Station again, while avoiding these creepy robots underwater that swear a lot. They do. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of threw me off for a minute because uh, I thought they were going to be friendly, like all the other ones I've seen. But yeah. um, like when I approached one, it had the red lights, and I already thought that wasn't a good sign. And then. He's like, don't make me do this. And he started approaching me and I started running away and I was able to escape him. But like, he was just like so creepy. Yeah. I never really had any like terrible encounters with these guys. They're just weird. No, they're easy to avoid. Yeah. But yeah, we, uh, we arrive at Lambda station finally and we get to meet Catherine who is a, uh, she's a robot. She wasn't, she wasn't real. Yep. She's, she's just on a computer screen. And uh, she seems well aware of it. Yeah. And um, she seems okay with it. Well, before we get into that room, uh, there is our first encounter with a wow infected uh, person, which comes around the corner and Catherine tells us to not look at it. Because when you look at it, it, your screen gets all messed up and stuff. And it gets so messed up that you can barely see. So this thing is wandering around and you have to sneak into the room that she's in without, you know, looking at it or getting too close to it, which is pretty easy to do, uh, saying that it kind of just walked across the room and you're able to go in there. Yeah, I I didn't even sneak past this guy. I just my entire strategy every time this guy came around was just standing in a corner and not looking at him till he went away. Yeah. I mean, I don't like this guy at all, though. Yeah, wasn't, no, wasn't I was a fan of this enemy. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. But like before the second encounter with him, and this is my first encounter with him, and I was all freaked out, but I was like, you know, sneaking past him. So it's and then I actually got in there. Yeah, we don't see him for a while, but he was there. And it was, man, that was that creepy. So we're talking to Catherine and find out she's a robot and Simon, he's just, he he just wants to give up at this point. There's no point. Everybody's a robot. There's no humans left. What is the point? We just give up. But Catherine needs, um, needs help with the research or project she's working on, which we later find out is the ARC project. But, she needs you to go uh, look for to see where it is. So we agree to do it after a little bit of resistance. And then, um, yeah, so we get to explore Lambda Station a little bit. Yeah, however, it's only like six rooms because the yeah. rest is locked off. We, yep. uh, we use one of the terminals to locate where the arc is and find out it is in the very furthest station from us. Yeah. So. We need to go find uh, the Dunbar over at Theta, which is kind of like an underwater sub, and go take that out. I explored some of these rooms just for curiosity, and there's the one that's, I think it's the first on the right when you come in. Uh, you get, like, the only real jump scare I think I've noticed in this game, one of those um, red light robots, uh, as you stare out the, the port window into the sea, he just comes out of nowhere and slams his uh, head into the glass. I was like, oh, that was creepy. 
and then he backs up and continues to slam into the glass. He does that like two or three more times as it's continuously cracking. And I was like trying to hide behind a desk. I was like, please stop. It's going to flood this whole station. I know. I was, I was freaked out by that. <laughs> Definitely made me jump the first time he did it. But yeah, it's like he's that, not stopping. That was like, that might be the only jump scare. Yeah, it's it's really not a thing in this game. They they focus on a different type of horror, which is awesome. Yeah, more like a yeah, more of a tension horror than a than a jump scare horror, which is nice. Yeah, so we uh, we head out of here, and then we try to take a sub. And this is one of the parts where I got confused at where the sub didn't end up working. So we have to go back through this broken ship to get through the other side. And we get some fun, not real jump scares, but uh, the blind guy is lurking about and spooking you. Well, he's definitely not blind. He's He's blind. He sees you. But you just, you can't look at him because he'll come directly up towards you. I, I was pretty sure he's blind because I've sat in the corner a couple times where he definitely could have seen me if he was looking in the room and I oh. just wait for him to go away. I think if you just don't look at him, you're fine. Oh, well, okay. I always assumed he could look, he could see me. But if I did, yeah, I did the same thing you did by uh, standing in the corner the whole time I was doing that with the the music being so loud and all the sound and shit, I'm like, it's just a game. It's just a game. He's not yeah. real. He's not real. There was, <laughs> there was a point that we get to is we're in one of these sunken ships and there's a TV playing with some like audio yep. um, about pretty much just talking about the end of the world. And he's around in there and I was pretty much just hiding in a corner and you're just hearing this creepy audio over the TV. And then there's the music and then, you know, he's lurking about and you're just oh my God. looking into the corner, like just praying not to die. And yeah, you just can't turn around. This part is so intense. I, 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 yeah, this is like the start of the whole immersion, like <laughs> aversion to playing this game because like, I think that was when I texted you. I'm like, I don't know if I could play this game, man. <laughs> this is too intense. I I got through it. I faced my demons. <laughs> you know, in the end, in the end, just like anything scary, it's not so bad. Okay, not I, anything scary, but you know what I mean. I think I was on par with you for a bit there. I was around the same part when you were telling me that, and I agreed. I I did not like this guy at all. I yeah. was not having fun in these segments with this guy. And we're we're in this other ship and we have to find their sub. But Catherine wants us to uh, start like pulling reactor plugs first before we leave so that we can uh, overload the ship for whatever excuse she gave. I well, think it gets rid of this guy. It was uh, to over... Because the emergency locks were on. Oh, so needed a reason to break away. Yeah, Something like that. It, the safety locks were blocking the vessel, so we had oh. to shut off the power in order to proceed. 
So in order to do that, we have to go find the power generator room back where that monster is. This is that this is that uh, point in the dialogue that I was talking about. And he's like, but there's monsters out there <laughs> and like with like no like anxiety in his voice. And it's like, and she's like, you gotta it's like, OK, <laughs> yeah, OK, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, truly, he doesn't have a choice, but he could have shown a little more anxiety yeah, in his voice or something. Some I don't know emotion at yeah. all. Yeah, so we get to pull all the tentacle plugs from the reactor, and it turns out our plan worked a little too well because the whole ship blows the fuck up as yeah. we are sailing away in our sub, and it gives us crash number two. <laughs> yep, we're always crashing. In this section as well, I did really like the uh, the running away section after we overload it when he's he's like chasing us out of here. Yep, me too. I thought that was that was pretty spooky and well done. Yeah, I, I um, trying to slam the door behind me. I really liked how uh, there was a line of lights leading straight back to the emergency pod. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I was like, okay, wait, it's this left, and then. <laughs> I was trying I, to remember the way back. I, yeah, I wasn't even doing that. I'm like, until I get lost, I'm just going to follow these lights on the <laughs> ground. Cause I'm a, like, I'm assuming if I were to like design a ship, if the power were to go off, I would like to have lights leading to a way out. <laughs> and I, I guess like that clicked with me. So I'm like, I'm going to follow these lights. They probably lead to the exit. I'm good. You and thought about this a little, they did. a little more logically than me. <laughs> <laughs> so we um we have crash number two and we uh we land pretty close to delta station and and uh we're trapped inside the sub but our little helper robot comes back again and frees us i like this little guy He's we've cool. seen him before yeah he he initially lets us into lambda station and then or sorry not lambda station the yeah lambda station the tram room he opens the door for us there by whatever the opposite of welding is when he does the shocky lightsaber thing. Oh, right. right. Kind of like a uh, plasma cutting. Yeah. And then he opens up the sub door for us. And um, as we'll see, he will help us out a few more times here before we don't see him again. Yeah. So now we are arriving at Delta Station, which is not really a station that you can go in it's like it's a scattering of, of buildings yeah it's a scattering of buildings and um right now we're just trying to like trying to figure out how to get to theta and uh i took me took me a little bit of exploring to figure out that i needed did you do anything with that radio tower by the way uh yes yeah that's the way that you summon the zeppelin is it? Yeah, okay. that little. Um, I I didn't mind this puzzle. I like this one. That's pretty cool. You you interacted with that one where you were moving the spinner around and trying to like match up the frequency with the with the number. Yeah. To turn on. Oh. The signal for the zeppelin. That's that's the radio tower. They were that's what about. it is. Okay. I I had okay. I'm mostly remembering doing that um, radio signal thing, just messing around with it before <laughs> I went over to the intercom 
to find out which one it was to actually do the puzzle correctly. Because yep. I was just messing with it. I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> and that's what I remember. But then I remember after going in the intercom and figuring out, oh, summon the Zeppelin. And then I've, you know, found the numbers and stuff and used that. But yep. yeah. And I fully expected something to be on the Zeppelin when it came back, considering you, you read some of the audio logs are out here and, and something evil took a Zeppelin out of here. So yeah, I was fully expecting something bad to be coming back, but um, it wasn't that bad. We plug Catherine in as we summon the Zeppelin and turns out our tool chip is busted. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to find a stun gun, which is the only other time I think that we pick up like a tool in this game. It is. I, I was getting excited at this point because I thought we were going to be able to like shoot <laughs> some robots or something. But yeah. this is the only time you use it. Yeah. I was like, oh, is this a progression to like more tools? Right. No, we just have to murder one person and then steal his chip. Well, which you have, you have another choice here. You could kill no. that one guy or you could kill the bot. I chose the wrong one. Well, did you kill the guy? That's what I did too. Yeah, I killed the guy. I didn't know I had a choice here. He seemed he seemed like lost, like kind of loony. He's like, "Don't worry, I got it. I got you, man." I we like I was just listening to him like, "This guy seems pretty cool." But I ended up having to do it cuz I tried killing the little helper bot, but he was too fast. Like he wasn't too fast, but I'm just like, okay, this guy's slower. I'm just going to get this guy. How dare you? He was trying to help It was us. a bit cold. I, I know. I felt <laughs> bad afterwards. I mean, when you really think about it, he's not really alive either. How do you know? He could be a, a human just that can't talk. He could. Well, no. Like he could be like another Catherine or one of her team. And so he's trying to help us out. He could have been, but why? why know. wouldn't he be able to talk? I think no he was just module. a drone, like taxed to help out with whoever needs him. Everyone else had like a voice module in their robots, but he would just be like a helper drone. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's alive either. They're brain scans. Yeah. Well, I see where you It's just like a snapshot. It's like a snapshot of someone's current consciousness just ported onto data. And then upload it into a machine. Okay, okay. Let's put it this way: <laughs> if you were to have a brain scan right now and uploaded to a robot that is talking with you right there as you, would you have an issue taking it out or disabling it or shutting it down? Okay, let me add more detail to this too. You've seen Chappie, yeah? Yeah. So at the end, spoilers for Chappie, but this movie's like eight years old now. Yeah. If you haven't seen Chappie, pause it now. Go skip, watch just it. Skip 15 seconds. Yeah. At the end, he uploads his brain scan to the robot like Chappie was. Yep. So technically his body's dead. Would you consider that new consciousness in the robot not a person? Because that's basically what they're doing here. Well, even though we can make multiple copies of ourselves after then, they're still each you like they think they're real. They think they're the original. Okay. And they still think and sure. feel like you. But to be fair, though, I don't think living at the sea level or bottom of the sea with uh, little to no contact with anybody else as a robot just left wandering around with 
with a horde of monsters around. I don't <laughs> know if I would want to go on living at that point. I, I agree with that, but like definitely the the end goal with Simon here is to create the Ark, which is kind of like a paradise for all these brain scans. Right. Well, and it's and already it's created. Space. It just needs to be launched into space, and there's already yeah. like thousands of people uploaded onto it. Yeah. Which is, I mean, this is well, also this, something. There's like twenty. Have you played Cyberpunk? No, I have not. You haven't. All right. Do you plan on playing it? Probably not. Okay. Well, at the end of that game, there's also another spoilers. Yeah. Also spoilers for Cyberpunk. Um, you should also play that. Uh, skip ahead 15 seconds. I'll make it quick. At the end of that game, there is also another uh, like landscape full of uh, human consciousness consciousnesses uploaded onto like this whole thing Mm -hmm. but it's a it's a lot more dark than the arc where they're kind of just there to exist and not like actually live out any simulations or anything so it it seemed kind of grim to me so i'm like nah like you had a choice to either get uploaded onto that because you're like dying and or just live out the rest of your you know, shorter lifespan because of your brain virus. And I'm like, nah, I'm just going to go live life, you know? Cause like, I feel like if you're living life, there's no point to immortality, you know? Yeah. If you just like out here, just sitting in a drive, I don't know if that's really worth living. But I don't know. Catherine makes a comment because Simon does ask her about that. He's like, don't you like get bored or, um, like go insane, like sitting in that drive all day. And she's like, no, it's like a blink. Like um, when you plug me in, I'm here and I'm conscious. But everything other than that, it's like it didn't happen. Like I don't. She doesn't perceive that time until she's plugged in and powered. Right. So when they're sitting like in the drives and stuff, they're not like conscious of it. That's true. But that's also the same thing with death. Right. You're not going to be conscious. You're going to know you're you're not going to know you're dead either. Yeah, yeah, but and it's like like a like a heaven debate as well. Like, yeah, like technically in heaven, at least um, from religions that I know of, like I don't think you're a corporeal form. Like you don't have a physical body. You're more of just like an essence, right? And like your mind. I'm not too familiar with it, but yeah, it like yeah, if you're if you go to heaven, then you're not really essentially there's different views on it. One view that I know of is that you go to heaven as your best years, like your best years of yourself, I guess, which I would assume would be like early twenties. Twenties, Yeah. And, um, you get to do and have whatever you want. And it just, <laughs> this is basically what these guys get. they, they, they can't technically die once they're in the arc. They yeah. pretty much can simulate whatever they want. Exactly. They're pretty much immortal till the power runs out. And they just get to enjoy life. Till the power runs out. Yeah. Is they that said, to say... They make a comment near the end saying that they have a couple of thousand years of power on the arc. But that's so, thousands of years. What can you do in a... You know, give yourself thousand a thousand years. What are you going to do? Maybe they could figure out a way to give themselves bodies and 
start working towards building humanity again. I think that's what their plan was, right? To land on a another habitable planet, however far away it is. And uh... the I don't know if I was misunderstanding it, but I thought that Catherine says we just want to orbit Earth until we can rebuild again. But the end of the game, as we'll get to, is different. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know exactly what their end game was, but. It was a whole thing of self-preservation and all that. They didn't want to accept dying, but yeah, I don't know. Was... Sorry. You you would have to uh, create clones or something, right? I mean, oh, cloning is a thing. We know that. that That exists now. So wouldn't they have the same thing going on 100 years from now? Like when they have like human DNA on that just arc? Give themselves remote replaceable bodies like they'd probably just use mechanical frames oh is that what it is to be human i don't know i mean if you were just a brain in the jar would you still be human Uh, i don't think i would be it goes against everything that nature intended it's i guess there's been many a philosopher that have debated like the mind body problem over uh, thousands of years. I don't know if we'd add anything new to it, but it's, it's a very interesting debate about like, are you still you without your body? And then you break yeah. it down even more. Are you still you without your hands? Are you still you without your arms? Well, at what point do you stop becoming you? Yeah. That's the same thing about talking about a chair. Like what makes a chair a chair? If it's missing a leg, is it still a chair? You know, a chair is essentially a compilation of parts. Yeah, as long as the the function still stays the same, which I mean, I would probably argue that our main function is probably our consciousness. Yeah. And our main function is our consciousness. But yeah, that that is a question (laughs) that that's (laughs) the question of the night is it's the question of this game is. Yeah. What makes you human? And it's not something you are expecting when you jump into this game. You're like, oh, horror game. Ooh, amnesia creators. And then you uh, yeah. you get through this game. You're like, huh, there's some interesting questions. And you finish this game and you're like, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What am I? Well, think of yourself as, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But I, yeah. I have more. I have more to talk about that stuff. But definitely, we should jump more like, into it. Let's. I guess jump back that to data here. Yeah, that was a good uh, point to uh, you know talk about that stuff because on the way to theta on the zeppelin, these are the kind of questions that Simon is asking. It, you know, what does it mean to be human, or what? Why? Like, because he actually. You know, he he had some comments about the robot we just killed and talking about his personality and stuff. And Catherine being Catherine just was cold about it. It's like it doesn't doesn't really matter. I mean, it's just data, which is they're like they're contrasting in character because one is empathetic and the other is indifferent, so to speak, with Mm -hmm. the concept of life. But she does 
she does want to see the end of this to the end of this quest with the the art project for sure and even though simon is apprehensive about some of these concepts he uh, is still going through with pushing forward the arc mission yeah um so we we do arrive at theta and theta is a pretty beautiful place i like theta they have a big large door that we get to enter and yep we get to find out a bit more about the arc project here because this is where it was created or at least yep. this is where where Catherine worked and actually on one of the terminals here as far as I'm aware, it's completely optional. Uh, I didn't see anything like required in there to progress the story forward. You find a brain scan of you. And this is where Catherine admits to you that, Hey, yeah, you're not human. You're actually just a, a scan of yourself right now. Well, we already knew that we weren't human before this, because at the beginning he's like, you're a robot. Why does it matter? And then she's like, well, you're a walking, talking diving suit. Like, who are you, you know? And yeah. then so I don't think it really like, sunk in at that point, but on the, on the Zeppelin, I think that's when like, cause he was asking those questions. He's like, I'm not really human and yep. I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah. I think this is where we like fully, that. he starts to realize that he's not, he's not the original Simon is what yeah. I, mean, I guess. He's not, um, he's not just his brain transplanted into another body. He's literally a copy of his original self. Yeah. And maybe not even the first copy, as we'll find out. Yeah, he's not the first copy. And, and um, well, he might not be the first copy, but he, uh, yeah, there. this was very interesting to me because, like, you know, I guess it didn't really sink in that, you know, the brain scans are just data of, like, a snapshot of that consciousness until this point. He is yep. like we get to see we get to hear audio logs of events happening for the rest of his life. Uh, not really. They're about three months. He died three months later. But uh, it was, you know, completing the brain scan and it came out super well. He's super optimistic. And the second one was like he was trying to find alternate solutions. And then the third one, he kind of came to the conclusion that he's going to die. And it was just really dark. And this is one of the, so I accidentally deleted the audio logs. So you get an Uh-oh. option here to delete people's data. Yep. Which is basically deleting the scans of them. So this is like, okay. Yeah. I was starting to delete the scans of people and I got down to mine and I wanted to play the audio first and I accidentally clicked delete first. Oh, and so I didn't even get to listen to these. Oh, okay. I so upset. Well, I basically summarized the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. I wish I did listen to those because that sounds like important data about him. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's, that's how I first, like it really sunk in that like, wow, the, all these people, all these robots that we see around, they're actually like consciousness of dead people, you know? And yeah, at least their bodies. Are I don't, know exactly how i feel about that meaning it's just like it's like ai but it's not really i i don't know more questions this game asks is this ethical find out next time yeah so we um we find a cipher chip and then we have to head to the basement to reset the power reset the router 
<laughs> is that what it was? Yeah, it was a fucking router, man. I was just like, why can't <laughs> we just pl- unplug it and plug it back in from up here? Uh, because down there sucks. I don't want to go down Wi-Fi's there. Wi-Fi's in the basement. I, of course, the Wi-Fi's in the basement. As soon as I walked in, I seen how the layout of the room was. I'm like, I know exactly how this is going to go. Yeah. I'm going to turn on the power or reset the router, whatever it is. They're going to approach me and I'm going to have to hide. And it, it actually was less scary, this section, than I expected it to be. I snuck around the left side and yep. completely went all the way past them. And then I clicked the power quickly and ran over into the corner and then put my face in the corner thinking maybe it was going to be the uh, the one guy. Yeah. It was not. It was like more like an amnesia creature. And yeah. they, they heard me run over there and bonk me on the head. And <laughs> and every time the, the first time you get knocked out by a creature, they just leave you and then you just wake up like dazed. And I think it's the second time you die. But yeah, I um I just got up dazed and I pretty much just limped to the exit without running into him again. Yeah, this one was a bit confusing to me because well, I actually found out that this creature, he can't see you, but he can hear you, right? You got that part? No. No, I, he can't um, see if... at all. Okay. So, well, later on, I'll have to tell you about it, but there's there's some points where I was just standing there, like holding my breath, and he'd walk <laughs> up and then wouldn't see me and then walk away. But yeah, anyways, so first time I did this, I went up to the router and I... uh Click the button and then press the or pulled down the lever. And I thought yep. I did that. And I just ran out of there. I ran <laughs> all the way back upstairs. And um, it still wasn't on. And then. Um, oh, so no. <laughs> I went back down there and did it again. And I found out I had to wait there for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was <laughs> just so tense just standing there waiting to fucking pull the thing again to reset the router Ugh, <laughs> but it was fine it was it was all good yeah it worked out fine for me because i like pressed the initial button and then by the time i got back up after you bonked me it was ready for me to press again so oh. i just pressed it and snuck out nice yeah it's but an yeah. interesting uh way about uh how this works when you get hit like you just get knocked out unconscious and then you wake up and then they they're you like get up again in some other area, but they're close by. It's yeah, like, I don't it know up. if they're like attacking you or they just like. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, I found it weird. Wow, isn't very good at dealing with pests. No, I honestly thought that I was going to get eaten or something <laughs> like in alien isolation or something, but. First time it yeah. happened, I was just confused. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, okay, you just whacked me. All right. Yeah. But yeah, so we uh we head back upstairs and we get to load um Brandon Wan's uh brain scan into the simulation. And this part is really fun. I like this. We get we yeah. get to go through an interrogation sequence, but we have to do it in the the brain scan simulation of Brandon without letting him know he's in a brain scan. Yeah. So you kind of have to change the environment and stuff and just make it work for him to get the information out of him so we can uh, unlock the Dunbat. Yep. And um, so once we find out we we have to do this, we have to go into his room 
and investigate some things to find out more about him to make him more, uh, you know, re- receptive, I guess. So he's super suspicious right now. He doesn't doesn't want to tell us anything. So we got to find out a way to get him comfortable and give him give us the cipher code without making it sound like it's an interrogation or making him think that he's in a brain simulation. So I would think that this was going to be more trickier than it actually was. So we get to his room and we find out some things. He's uh, in coercion with this girl named Alice. And we are able to uh, get her voice onto some data through a, one of those black boxes on the wall, which took me a minute to figure out because I looked for everything in the room and I saw the black box thing there. I'm like, ah, I'll just do this. And I, I just skipped over it because I didn't feel like doing it. Yeah. It was actually that one time it was essential to listen to it, but I didn't find that out until I went back and tried it. Yeah. So we, uh, we convinced Brandon to give us the cipher and we uh, get the, some moral choices and then we get to uh, go fire up the Dunbat, finally. Yep. And then we get to go turn it on. And it's very anticlimactic. And then we have to uh, reset the power, and of course. And yeah. as we finally get the Dunbat on, it gains consciousness. And freaks the fuck out and destroys itself. Yep. Along with yeah, he's, shutting down power again to the facility. Yeah, he's pretty upset to be awoken from his deep slumber. And he's just confused and freaking out. And... Yeah. I I assumed that WoW put like Brandon in there or something like that. I couldn't tell whose voice it was. I didn't know either. Someone obviously who was um, very scared to be conscious again. Yeah. Yeah, the that's Dunbat not an option falls. for us now. <laughs> it's not an option, of course. I, I'm walking into that room to turn on the Dunbat. I'm like, this isn't going to work. It never <laughs> does. Yeah. But yeah, that I didn't even expect the suit to work. I thought something crazy was going to happen there, but it did. Uh, but anyways, we get to... we. It doesn't work and all the power shuts off. So we have to climb into a vent to go into crawl and get into a laboratory. Yeah, we're in the lab section. Yeah, the lab. And this is where we get to find out a little bit more about what Simon is actually made up of and a little more about how the arc works. Yeah, we uh, we find out we're in um, one of Catherine's friend's body. And we're pretty much just a mind chip stuck in the stump of where her head was and with a suit over that. Yep. We uh, get to learn more about the ARC project and all that. And our next point is to find a key card so we can open up the elevator to get out of here. Which this is probably one of the most terrifying sections in the game, in my opinion. Yeah. So you're in the hallways. Five Nights at Freddy shit. (laughs) Yeah. When you go into the next area, you're it's a bunch of hallways and there's also a bunch of rooms, you know, generic lab stuff and yep. there's like security rooms or whatever, but 
the elevator doesn't work. It's missing its controller chip. So we got to go find it. And meanwhile, it's one of those uh, flesh wow infected humans that's just walking around. And you have to be super quiet because he can hear everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I got... I was so freaked out. I didn't even know if it was a thing, but like I didn't want to step on anything. So what I would do is like I'd quietly pick up an object <laughs> and then move it over to the side and then quietly set it down. I was doing as, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, because I'm pretty sure that if you step on stuff, it makes noises that attracts them. Yeah, so, I think you can kick bottles and stuff and they'll they'll make noise. And yeah, because so I, I was, um, dude, there's a storage room here when you first leave our safe room to start doing this area. Mm -hmm. And I was messing with some stuff, not realizing that there's a creature out there and, or not realizing he could hear so well. And I was knocking some stuff over and he came running and I hid behind a shelf and he like walked right up to my face and turned around and walked out. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't even realize he was blind. I, I probably should have at that point. Yeah. No, he's completely blind and it's so tense when he walks right up to where you're at and then just, stands there for a minute and then walks away. It was oh. like a, it's like a fucking quiet place moment. Like he was, I was behind a shelf like, um, <laughs> uh, like Emily Blunt was in, in quiet place. And he was just right on the other side of the shelf, just staring. And he just turns around and leaves. Oh, the scary sections in this, this game here. We, uh, we have to get over to the security room on the other side. And this is where I say said this area is like five nights at Freddy's because you can lock certain doors from this terminal in here. And so I basically locked the terminal of the security room and this fucker just hovered outside for like 20 minutes. Yep. He just kept pacing back and forth. It was like, leave. <laughs> Go yeah, away. As soon as you got the control chip, that's what he was doing, right? Yep. He did he the same thing to me. me and the worst part about it is that you have to climb back through that window. So there wasn't like you know, uh, the door on the other side, like he was there and you're going to step on some stuff and make noise on your way out. So you had to actually wait for him to leave. Yeah. And, uh, the worst part about it is, uh, you know, when you get, when you get the control chip updated and stuff, I'm sorry, what we were talking about getting the control chip, right? Yeah. Or yeah updating you, it. You find it in that one room and that allows us to, uh, to, yeah. uh, to fucking open the elevator pretty much. Right. Which is also stress yeah. inducing because you have to move two levers carefully, put the chip in, move the levers back, press the button and then quickly jump in the elevator. Oh, dude, and he almost climbed in the elevator with me. <laughs> I just all I heard was just noises behind me and I was like, nope, 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 nope. And I was just slamming all the buttons and. Yeah, running for it, dude. I was almost a goner. He he was <laughs> inches away from the door as soon as it closed. Oh, that was tense. It's a good section. <laughs> I can't get any better. To you about this, but I think I woke up my whole hallway uh, in this next section. So of course the elevator breaks down and has to. By oh, law. of course, yeah. We start making our way through this maintenance area. And we start hearing the creature noises and I shut the door. because I'm like, okay, he's not going to follow me in here. Or at least if he does, I'll hear the, 
door behind me open and it gives me time to run. So I shut the door behind me and it's just a long hallway with a red light at the end. <laughs> and I hear fucking noises. and It sounds like he's trying to break through the door behind me and crawling through something. So oh like, my nope, God. I'm going to get ahead of this guy. I sprint down the hallway and he sprints out of the corner <laughs> of that. And I was running to, and he just like sprints straight at me. I screamed so fucking loud. Well, the thing is with this part of the level, there's multiple of them. Oh, and they're spread out all throughout the whole level. I did find out that this, um, see, he captures me here and bonks me and this part was scripted. So yeah. I, I couldn't have avoided it, but it still scared the fucking shit out of me because they thought he was coming from behind me. I basically <laughs> sprinted right into his loving arms. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we wake up surrounded by uh, quite a bit of blood and have to work our way through the maintenance section then, which is also a pretty spooky part. Oh, yeah, that was. This is the part I was talking about where there's like multiple. Yeah, it's like wow infected everywhere. And they and, just uh, hover, man. They don't leave you alone. Oh, man. It took me so long to get through this because like being as quiet as possible and they're always in the way of where I need to go. Yep. Just waiting for them to slowly walk past so I can sneak past them because their routes are the same. Yep. I figured it out, but it's just waiting for them to walk by is the hard part. I was almost just intentionally making noise in one section and then quickly running to another so I could loop around them. Yeah. But yeah, they, they get in your way here, but this is a this is a fun section. I liked it. It is. Yeah. We uh, we arrive at a control room at the end after you get through this and you get to uh, pull the emergency flush lever. <laughs> <laughs> Which is you have to like go back and forth to turn it on. Yeah. Well, Basically. that was to turn on the power so we can yeah. get into the shuttle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you basically uh, we, we flood this whole area because the door bursts behind us from uh, from water flowing in. As we get to the end of this, because you get to the end of the sewer area and oh and right, to flood it. Yeah, and we get I to got go you. off to uh, Omicron. Which, yep, or Omicron, which is the next area. Omicron. Yeah. Yeah. We, so uh, we're flushed back to the ocean again. Yeah. Yeah. This is like this is a cool part because you see a bunch of like sea mines everywhere. Yep. On the way up to Omicron. I didn't I didn't expect something like uh this research facility to have so many sea mines, but they do. Anyways, you get to Omicron and it's under quarantine lockdown. So we there's like a substation connected to it that uh we first have to go into and there's a few puzzles in there. They're pretty simple. And we're able to get inside. Yeah, there was tons of dead bodies missing their heads in here. Yeah. Like, what the hell is going on? I don't I I still I completed the game. I have no idea why they're missing their heads. I think it's something with wow maybe. But maybe. I don't know. I didn't I didn't fully catch it. But either way, we need a suit that can survive at lower uh depths so we can go to the next station to find uh, the arc project which is where the uh the missile is to actually shoot Ark into the space. But uh, we got to find a new body. 
and we get to go on a scavenger hunt for some parts here. Yeah, this part was uh, pretty chill, actually. Very chill. No chasing here. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like three levels, and each level you have to find. There's like little puzzles. One was to get the the gel, which, uh, you know, you get to play around with the gel and put it on like a microchip and then throw it on a rat, which revives it or resurrects it. That was creepy. Then there's uh, the uh, what, what what's that other one? The uh, there's like, like two other itself. parts, huh? The chip itself, the structure gel. Yeah, the car, the cortex chip. Yep. And that was inside a bot. It had another cool puzzle, like rerouting stuff, classic rerouting puzzle. Um, and then uh, what was the other one? Oh, then the power pack, which was that part we were talking about with uh, that creature thing standing there we couldn't get its attention to yeah like almost guarding it i mean developers knew it was guarding it but there was no way to like deter it away without actually like catching its attention and having it chase after you which i didn't like that i didn't like that i really i really did not like that i wish there was another way and then we have the blind dude at least that's why i keep calling him who is inside the glass cage in the middle of like the third floor I think it's all three floors have a glass cage. And he was spawning yeah. and like taunting us and kind of like freaking yeah. out inside the glass cage. And there was just something about this where I'm like, I don't think he's an enemy. And I like started to realize here that maybe he's different. I don't know yeah, if you I didn't, picked up on that. I didn't think he was an enemy either. I don't know if he was like something. Oh, because Catherine saw him too. But yeah, I didn't, about I didn't him, get like didn't... enemy vibes from him. Yeah. Um, we we see him later on too, but it at this part, he's like telling us to stop the wow. Yeah, yep. Starts to start communicating with us and like, yeah, wants us to stop wow. So yeah. we grab our last item and we get very narrowly chased into the uh, the room where Catherine was and locked the door in there. Or Catherine locks the door for us. Yeah. Chase sequence there at the end. Just fucking spooky. Yeah. I always I always expect them to. Every time you're uh, out doing stuff and you gotta return back to wherever you were. Yeah. There's a chase scene. I, I expect it now. And it's like <laughs> and I knew it was gonna happen and it did happen. I'm like, I got to remember how to get back to that I just, place or I'm dead. I just always close the doors behind me. Like oh. anywhere I'm going, I'm like I'm always closing the doors after me. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I don't never trust it. Did that, but because <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, if I did that, because I, I thought of it as like if I had to run out of here, that would be kind of like a lot of like jumbling around to get open the door and close it behind me and shit, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but we uh, we get to uh, transfer our mind to a new body. And then Simon gets confronted with yet another moral situation. He, even though Catherine repeatedly tells him throughout the game about how mind transferring works, he, even to the end of the game, doesn't really listen to her. Right. He 
So we realized that our first body, where we were in her friend, is still there and is still alive. And then we're in our new body with our current consciousness. And so he's like, what the fuck? That's just me right there. Like, that's just literally another me. Like, what Mm -hmm. do I do about this? Do I just let him live and, like, keep walking around this place basically in hell forever? And you kind of have that dilemma of, like, should I kill it? Turn it off? Or So, I get a choice here. I personally uh, shut it down because I couldn't. I would want. He wouldn't know anything different, honestly. He's passed out. Yeah, he would just wake up and Catherine would be gone and the power would be out. Yeah, the power would be out and still stuck with be these monsters. Left wandering around with these monsters and that would be that would be the definition of hell to. Yeah. for me. So like I, I just shut him down. I think that was the best thing yeah, to do. Yeah, I did too. Because I was thinking in my perspective, if I were in if I were Simon, I would do this. Cause like me personally, I would think whoever my other copy of myself would, you know, yeah, me would understand. It's scary. She brings up a phrase. She says, you won the coin flip, meaning that his consciousness is the one that's continuing on. uh, Or like the one that got to be in the right body that's continuing on. Oh, but really, I mean, they're technically both the exact same consciousness when he copied them over because it was a fresh scan. So yeah. you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. Like you if, wouldn't between the two, if they were both awake. So, I mean, did he win the coin flip? Like, I think we just killed our original Simon. It's just, this person has the new Simon we're playing as has the memories of what Simon went through there. Yeah. And well, it's not even Simon the original Simon. That. I mean, who knows if, like we were also like throughout the game, Simon was uh, questioning if there was two Simons running around or at least three. And yeah, I just meant, like said there's a possibility, but yeah, our our previous Simon, we yeah, we don't know if we're him or not. And yeah, it's just uh, a little spooky to think about that. Uh, and Simon convinces himself that he was still him, even though yeah. he's in this new body. It's like, no, no, that was you in that body. You're just now a copy of that copy. Yeah. Which is the correct way of thinking about it. But like, if you're flooded with emotions like that, it's. I don't know. Yeah. To him, he didn't even transition. Like he just he's still his consciousness. Right. Uh, Like not no break in flowage or anything like that. To be fair. He wouldn't have known anything otherwise if if it was automatically shut down and that Simon did die and he was in the new body. So it wouldn't have mattered anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, that, uh, the moral implication of having to literally kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally kill yourself. But yeah, I uh, I like this choice that, that had me thinking for a little bit. And it then did. we get to uh, we take this machine called the climber basically a uh, big shark cage and we start to take that down into the abyss now that our suit can withstand lower pressure do you know what talassophobia is i do not it's uh, the fear of deep water so there's some people uh, i don't know 
I don't exactly know if it's me. I haven't like peered into deep water like that before. There's some people that will like freak out and panic. Like they have an intense fear of like looking into deep water. Something about it being so deep and then not knowing, not seeing the bottom is Mm -hmm. super scary to them. So if a person like that, if you're out there and you play this game, it will probably trigger that, especially going into the abyss like that, because you can't see anything around you for for shit. It's a little spooky and they they play it really well. You actually feel like you're delving deeper under an already deep ocean. Yeah. And um, it's. Yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty spooky because like looking in every direction, I couldn't see anything except the computer screen. Yeah, it it would be terrifying for me. Just being in essentially nothing. Yeah. Um, so. We're we're in this climber for a while, and uh, meanwhile, Simon is also having another existential crisis uh talking about well he wants to have a conversation with Catherine, but she they had an argument after you know he he was copied and you know she's a bit upset right now so she's not really responding or really cares to answer any of his questions because i don't think she really thinks about those questions other than scientifically but in the end his main point was like he was trying to justify being a robot. So so he thought that he was in a place that he didn't belong. And he, back when he was in Toronto, like he felt like he was in a place where he belonged. So he actually had a reason to live and, you know, things to fight for and stuff. But like, if you, if you're in a place where you don't belong, and being in a such a desolate situation as this, you know, what, what keeps your drive? You know, what, what's the, where's the self-preservation going on? Like if there's no other humans left and you're just a robot, just like everybody else, you know, I don't know. It's, it's dark. It, it's a dark conversation, but halfway down there, the climber stops and we have to go up there and, we have to go up on top of it and fix the batteries or, I don't know, reset the switch kind of power breaker. That was then when I was like, I was peering into the abyss and it just, it kind of freaked me out. <laughs> I don't know, just the whole thought of it. Because like, could, could you imagine being in an abyss? I couldn't, I don't know. Yeah, no, I will uh, never be in that situation, so I don't have to worry about it. I suppose. So, I mean, after we get it started again, we're going down. There's a, a wow infected person. I, I I don't know if he was wow infected, but like <laughs> he was like missing his jaw. Well, I, I don't honestly don't know if he was like a part of the wow or what, but like I didn't see any like nodules like, over him. Yeah, I assumed it was like rebelling from it or something. And yeah, he's like this dude that had no jaw. And like his face was like melted off. He was pretty scary looking. Comes in and says something about making pre- uh, making preparations. He's like, oh, good. You're on your way. I'll make preparations. <laughs> and then he disappears. 
it was fucking weird. Um, yeah, I really like this. Um, as we as we land the climber here, we get to have a nice underwater walk to Tau, and we get a lot of stuff to think about. So it's a good way for us to clear our head. There's a uh, very gross spider cave on the way that I was fucking like cringing through the whole time. Oh yeah, and then we like follow these lights all the way to Tau, and the rule is like if it's blue, keep going. If it's red, you're facing the wrong way. And yep. that was one of those things that I mentioned earlier in the in the episode that they could have done that more in the earlier areas. I I wish they would have done that, something like that. But they did they did do something like that. There was lights on the way to each station. That if you followed them you wouldn't get lost. I don't think they were color coded though. And there were they still just color coded, but if there were there were lights anyways. I don't know. I disagree. I just I think there was a lot of lights. areas without lights. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I suppose but I mean, every time I was on the ocean floor, I I usually saw some lights that I could follow. Maybe yeah. maybe it's just more intuitive to me. I don't know. The light man, we I don't know if you got tricked by this, but I did. One of these, it looks like another one of the lamp posts, and you start to walk right up to it, and it's a fucking anglerfish. Yeah, it scared the shit out of me. That it's like yeah, nope, that's not a light. Yeah, not the light I want. That that scared the shit out of me. I ran back into the cave and um, <laughs> I was like running around trying to get back there. And I was like, this angler fish is somewhere around here because like, <laughs> I walked towards the light. And then all of a sudden I saw a fucking angler fish face. Oh, my God. It was terrifying. <laughs> it was coming right towards me. Yeah, that was intentional, too. The developers knew that. They're like, okay, we got him hooked on the whole concept of following lights. Let's let them follow this. Yeah, let's fuck with them a bit. Yeah. Break their sense of trust in the game. Yeah, they, that was uh, great, though. I love that. Even though I ripped on the game for being really dark, this is one of those chapters that benefits really well from just being pitch black and only relying on yeah. like, the next light in front of you. I, I like it here. Yeah. For some reason, there's wind. I don't know if that's currents or something. Is there like current at the bottom of the ocean? You know, yeah, there's there's underwater currents. Is it as strong as that? Does it look like that? I I don't know. I would assume I, they're I from like uh, like either underwater caves or like tectonic plates moving, something like that. Yeah. Who knows the science behind it? But, yeah. But we we do get to Tau and. This is kind of, well, not really a safe area. Not yet. We 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 find the Ark here, and we also find the last living human on Earth. Yeah. And, and uh, she's yeah. not doing too well. Looking yeah, she's on life support. very sickly. Yeah. And, yeah. She, uh, like... We talk to her for a little bit, find out a little bit about her, I guess. And she uh, asks us to kill her, which would be Indeed. disabling her life support. And um, after a bit of resistance of talking to her, it seemed like 
you know, a fair request. I mean, you know, it's like it's one of those questions again is like, is it really worth it to sit here and, you know, die anyways or just have it a little sooner while you're talking to another human, you know? Yeah, or somewhat of a human. Somewhat of a human, a nicer being, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) This section was really sad. Like I I turned off her power for her. And then she just asks you to stay with her. And it's like five minutes long. Yeah. Of just you talking to her as she's slowly like passing away it is really sad. It is very sad. She's just talking to you about just general stuff. And yeah, yeah, she's talking about what it was like back at home, talking about, you know, her happy place and stuff. And it's just, uh, I never, I hope I never have to witness somebody dying in real life. Because uh, like I don't know how how I would handle that. Because like I was trying to put myself in that situation right here, and um, I just, I don't know like it, it's such a it, it's a graceful moment, but it's also one of those things like you know you you don't know what happens after you die. Nobody does, and it's like they're they're moving on. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and Simon's just kind of quietly staring at her the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fulfilled her requests, though. You know, asked, asked us to kill her and then asked us to stay, and that's what I did. Yeah. But the yeah. arc is uh, right behind us, or right behind her on the table. Yep. So we got to take that and then put yeah, it fuck on. that bitch. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on the little elevator behind her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put it behind us. We we're just, uh, we came here, we got what we needed, and we got, put it onto the cargo thing and go back down to uh, the, the, it goes down to the cargo hold. There's like an elevator there. But before, yeah. actually, you skip the part where uh, you encounter that uh, wow infected person on the way up to the infirmary. Yes. Just because I don't want to relive that again. <laughs> that that was so scary. Were you standing right in front of that door as I it was? Opened? I was like, this one's opening really slowly. And then I seen why it opened slowly when it opened. <laughs> oh my god, man. That was I, so fucking scary. I booked it and not enough doors could slow that man down to catch me. No. He was so fast. He was like, he was faster and seemingly like more perceptive than like all the other ones. Yep. So he was a little tough to get around. Yeah. On my That's second try here is where I died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see that. I, I didn't die at this part, but I was damn close. My second try, I, I hit around the corner and then pressed the button and like ran around the corner and waited. Yeah. Wait for him to leave and then stick by him. Man, I yeah, I hated that part. Um, anyways, it's like that's that'll be something that you guys will have to discover. Yeah. So oh, yeah, we get the. Sorry. <laughs> you go we, ahead. We bring Tao, not Tao. We're in Tao. We bring down the Ark into the cargo hold and send it off on a zip line. And then we get to uh, to walk the ocean floor again. And this is where we run into that. What I think was a wow infected creature, but I I don't really know because it asks us to kill wow. 
it kind of wants us to, I guess, put everyone out of their misery. So, yeah, that's where uh, that guy we were encountering before. Wait a minute. Are you talking about when you load up the cargo thing and watching the arc go? Then that's when he's yeah. talking to you. Yeah. As we're near the end of where the, the arc passes by us and goes over that debris and stuff. And then uh, the figure starts asking us to kill WoW. Yeah. So this was a little weird. It, apparently, um, the WoW's poison was in our blood or, or in our, I don't know. It, the whole idea is of it was kind of far fetched to me because like, first of all, we transferred bodies and yeah. So we transferred bodies. So we're not in the same body anymore. We are uh, conscious in an, in a robot body, half organic, half robotic. So, so, uh, what is in within us is poison to the wow, which is strange to me because like we are half organic, half robot. We already switched bodies. And just because like our cortex chip is inside a certain, uh, or consciousness is inside a certain body that makes us, you know, I don't know. It's just main character stuff that I didn't understand. Yeah. Just main character bullshit. Something about our code. I don't yeah, know. Some about it. But so we, we crawl through the caves and we approach this. It's called the heart. It's the heart of the wow. Yep. It's big and scary. And it's got one of those things that we haven't mentioned up in this point for some reason where we <laughs> stick our hand in like a little anus thing. And it oh, gives yeah, us help. Things. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know. I didn't really care for these in the game. They were okay. I didn't either. I used it maybe once or twice for its actual purpose. Yeah. Other than that, I avoided them. There was one time I didn't use it or I, I didn't use it for its purpose, but just to do it, see if I could advance any further or something. Yeah. I used I every single it. one I seen. I just, yeah. I don't know. I thought maybe there was a purpose to them. Other than, the I don't know if yourself. it was like the wrong time at the wrong place, but, uh, as soon as I did it, I turned around and there was one of that wild infected guys just standing there and he saw <laughs> me do it. I don't know. Like he just happened to be there, I guess, because I was convinced after that, that using that thing like uh, attracts them. Hmm. But I could be wrong. Yeah. So we, we put the heart out of commission here. It was pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. And then, uh, well, we rips off our hand. <laughs> Also, uh, we didn't need it anyways. No, we don't. We jump out of here as the uh, the whole place is starting to collapse. As one does when you destroy a boss. Yeah. And then uh, we start getting attacked by the uh, the fish when we get out of here. It was a what is that thing? I couldn't. I couldn't even see what that was. This is one of this is the one time I died. It was at this part. Because like he comes up and picks you up and just drops kills you, somewhere you else. just kills you. And like, Wait, killed you? I didn't know how to avoid him at first until I started like 
running from point to point and then just waiting until he went by and then like, you know, sneaking past or whatever. But yeah, I didn't have a trouble with this guy. He picked me up and dropped me the first time and then I didn't. I just kept running the whole time. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, the um, the wow infected creature that was on our side uh, betrayed us immediately after we broke the heart. And then uh, wow, in its final moments, killed it. So yeah, so that was weird. I don't think it really affected much, but that was a thing. And then um, yeah, that was a thing. That's a way to say it. Yeah. yeah. That was the thing, and then uh, we uh, that that was when we ran through that part with the, the big, big wow thing, and then yeah, make our way up to the big space shooting gun. Yeah, what was it called? I don't know what it was called. I think it was called Phi. I called it the big space shooting gun. Yeah, I the think big the spaceship space gun Phi. Yeah. So we're not in Phi for long because pretty much all we got to do is go grab the arc, load it onto the bullet. And then uh, strap ourselves into a seat to uh, launch it. Yeah. And w- one of the notes I want to make here is the ladder animations. Now that we have one arm, we're pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I like yeah. that. The missing arm made for cool ladder animations. Yeah. He was a bit slower and like had to hold himself on and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a it's pretty tense final moments. We're uh, uploading our consciousness to the arc. As the uh, the arc is taking off, because we have to do it simultaneously for some reason. Yeah. The arc launches just as our um, upload hits complete and our upload gets made onto the arc. Simon gets really happy. <laughs> and, and is soon disappointed not. because he forgot that it's just copies. And yeah. uh, he, he lost, lost the, the coin, coin flip. flip. Yep. So if uh, if I'm speak, if I'm correct, the coin flipped is the idea of like there's a 50 50 chance that you are going to be fully transferred or you're just going to be copied and you're still going to be the same. Right. But you're copied anyways, but you're going to be like your consciousness transfers or something. The way I took it is he is never going to leave the body he was in. It's going to be a copy of himself into a new body. Yeah. So Simon never had a chance to leave this body. Uh, at least this, this iteration of Simon, we just, the last time we transferred bodies that Simon died. So as a game perspective, we only had one Simon to follow at that point. And at this point we're stuck down on Phi with our whatever number Simon Catherine and him start to argue because Simon still doesn't understand. He feels cheated. Yeah. And this whole section is really sad. He's just, they're both yelling at each other and she's just calmly explaining like how it works. And then of course they both turns into a yelling match and the pressure of the whole thing and the launch cracks her screen and, and kills her. And then Simon's just alone. Then all the power goes out. Yep. And then Then the credits roll. At the bottom of the abyss. And I was like, oh, is that really how they're going to end the game? That is dark as fuck. It is very dark. 
And then uh, after quite a few minutes of credits and living with that thought, you uh, wake back up in Simon's body. But the other version of Simon, the one that made it onto the Ark, the one that was yeah. copied up there. And it's a, it's a beautiful fantasy land. Yeah, it's very pleasant. It's a whole different game almost. <laughs> Huge contrast from the rest of the game. And I was very much relieved. Not relieved that, you know, the other Simon is still down there, but that one made it didn't really make a difference. I don't know. I mean, there was always going to be one left behind. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I, uh, yeah, and we find Catherine and then it pans out of the arc to show us the little uh, satellite that we're on orbiting yep. the Earth. And then for some reason that I didn't figure out, it jumps out of Earth's trajectory and just goes into deep space. Yeah. And that's the end of Soma. That's the end of Soma. So it, it kind of restructured my whole idea of transferring of consciousness. Like Chappie seemed like a child's play compared to this. Yeah, it doesn't delve into it. Yeah, it's actually it's uh it is thought provoking and it's uh very philosophical, but I don't know. I, I can't really think of anything we haven't covered already that uh that we gotta talk about. If you got something. Yeah, I uh I love this game. I loved it for the horror elements, despite the the few issues I did have with it. And this game at the end just left me with a lot more thoughts than I thought I would uh, be left with from a horror game. Right. Yeah, exactly. It definitely has you thinking about, about consciousness and what we are and like what makes us us. Yeah. Very interesting. It it is very interesting. And there is a lot of other little stories throughout this game that kind of point to the opinions of other people during the art project because you can read audio logs and look at scenes of things happening. I mean, there's there's people that didn't believe in it, so they would just kill themselves, which is also sad. No, they did believe in it. They did believe in it. What do you mean? Yeah, it's the opposite. They believed so much in the project that they were all killing themselves because they believed that their better self was already uploaded. Oh. So they wanted to be only existing in, in the arc. Wow. That's okay. And it's, That's... it's really interesting reading the audio logs and you can, and some of the computer entries, you start to see more and more people killing themselves near the end of the project. Yeah. Before it got cut off. And it's like, I think the very last one was he killed himself right in the chair, like immediately after the scan. Holy shit. So it's, yeah. That's insane. Interesting. And uh, there's so much small stuff in this game too. Like, like Catherine doesn't even care that her physical body died. And there's so many people that just believed so much in the cause that this was our future. That they were like, yeah, this physical body just isn't worth holding on anymore. And so they would just off themselves. That's and um, there's so much like I don't want to like spoil it. I think you guys definitely should play the game and find some of these mini vignettes and stuff like that. But you'll find like 
the the one room if you go through all those rooms when we were um looking for Brandon Wan's room where it's just a razor bait razor blade on a bed and just blood everywhere and stuff like that and and you can go through like the logs and see like who died after the scans and stuff like that and then pretty much everyone who didn't kill themselves though died to wow later yeah which is a grim circumstance well died yeah it's, it's very dark and uh yeah i think it's uh this game is an experience i hope i never experience again but i'm glad i had the experience <laughs> if that makes sense yeah even if i did experience it again it won't be nearly as terrifying as the first time playing it so if you uh if you play it it you know just pretty much just expect it to be one and done so Overall, it's a uh, it's a game I highly recommend to any horror lovers or um, people just interested in the sci-fi genre that can put themselves through the horror for a bit just for the good story. Yeah, it's it's worth a play. It's a quick game. It's in Game Pass and it's pretty cheap, even outside of Game Pass. And you're supporting a really good developer. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think you guys should watch or watch it play it it's not it's definitely not like a walking sim i I definitely wasn't really bored at all throughout this playthrough there was frustration at some points getting lost and trying to figure out what to do but never really bored i think the whole atmosphere and everything keeps you entertained even if you're not really doing anything like super intense or crazy that's that's for me anyways yeah i'd agree with that I think that's all I got for Soma. What do you got? Yeah, that's uh, that is all for this philosophical game that you dropped me into with no warning. <laughs> I did. I apologize. I honestly didn't know what I was in for either. <laughs> so yeah, next month for uh, May's game. Sorry, not May. April. We will be doing a much less philosophical game. Uh, we will just be shooting Nazis for about six, seven hours in Wolfenstein, the new order. Can't wait to kill some Nazis. Yeah. So you, uh, you playing any fun games other than Soma lately? I've been playing satisfactory lately. As oh, I yeah. told you before. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's made by uh coffee stain studios, which they, they kind of have some other good games that are out too, but, they're, they're pretty good developers, and this game is actually in early access right now. So they're making huge updates to it all the time. And it's just, it's already so huge that I don't know how, you know, what the full release of the game is going to look like, but I'm really excited. What about you? Yeah, that one sounds like fun. Yeah, mostly just Soma. Yeah. I've been back and forth with uh, Mass Effect again, finishing up the trilogy for the second time (laughs) other than that just mainly playing some soma you know that's good some good soma indeed so if you guys want to tell us what games you're playing or what you think of soma and its narratives we do have discord we have an instagram and we have a gmail if you would like to get a hold of us reach out through those in the description you can join the popcorn club on discord by using the invite link in the description and come suggest movies there or just discuss your favorite stuff about episodes 
Yeah. Yeah. We're usually hanging out in that server too. So we'll might, we'll be able to talk to you and see your opinions or, you know, if you want to, I mean, I'm always down to talk to our listeners, but that's up to you. Yeah. Eric's a little nicer about it, but I'm, I'm actually mandating you. You you have to join. Exactly. Join us. (laughs) Join the collective. But, uh, yeah. So if you like the episode and if you like the podcast as a whole, give it a rating on Spotify, one to five stars. Or if you are on Apple Podcasts, give that sucker a review. It uh, helps us out, helps us get a little more recognized so we get more people to talk to about these games. Yeah, that's all I have. That's all I got, too. See ya. Later. Later.